welcome to The 206 Podcast. I am your host, Mark Morin, coming to you from Seattle, Washington. This interview is part of my coverage of the 2021 Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival. Today, I'm speaking with actress and singer Haven Everly, whose movie, The Girl Who Left Home, has been winning awards at festivals all over the country. Haven, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Mark, for having me. It's my pleasure. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for taking the time. Now, The Girl Who Left Home, which was written and directed by Mallory Ortega, is a comedy, it's a drama, it's a musical, and it's very much a Filipino-American story, which makes this a very unique experience for moviegoers. So to start out, give me your take on what the story is. What did you think when you first read the script? And how did you first become involved with the project? Yeah, so the story is pretty much what you said. It's a Filipino-American feature film that also has music incorporated in it. And it's about a girl named Christine, who I play. And she just lands her biggest role ever in her life. She moves away from her home and she starts uh, her career in singing and acting. She books a big a big performance or a big stage um, play. And um, however, her dad passes away. So it starts on the top of the film, like something, (laughs) yes, it's kind of crazy. So uh, her dad passes away. So she has to go back home with a lot of unfinished business there. And so you see just throughout the entire film, she's helping her family cope, grieve and maintain a restaurant that's kind of losing its business with her mom grieving and things like that. And so throughout the film, she's deciding whether or not she wants to stay and help support her family or leave to continue to pursue her dreams and goals. Yeah, so that's the synopsis of the film. Uh, I I, I found out about the film uh, just through my manager at the time. I got an audition on um, my email and I read the script. And when I tell you, I, I had such a visceral, I mean, I read it and I cried because there wasn't anything that I've ever read before or even watched before that represented Filipino-American stories and had music incorporated in it. And it was, there was eerie connections with the character and me personally that I felt so in tuned with. It was almost kind of magical. And I, I told my manager, I was like, if I don't book the lead, I want to just be in it because I want to be a part of this movement. I want to support what the director's trying to do. And it's a musical. Like that's my, you know, my bread and butter. I love, I love singing and I love, of course, acting, but this was like the added element to it. And so I went through the entire audition process. I think it was like, two, three auditions. It started on a self-tape and in the self-tape I had to sing, I had to do two scenes and then I had to talk a little bit about myself. And then, yeah, and then they started narrowing it down, narrowing it down. Eventually I um, had an audition with the director and the casting director. Um, So I had an audition with Angela, the casting director, and Mallory Ortega, the writer, director, producer. And I was so nervous. I just remember being like, okay, like walking around the whole building and being like, okay, I'm just gonna do my best. I can only do so much and I'm just gonna give it my all. And then I think a month or a few months later, I found out that I booked it. So that's been my whole (laughs) process. Oh, that's amazing. So it sounds like right from the very beginning, you felt a part of this story. And then that just kind of uh, expanded from there as you moved along the process. Yes. Yeah. And it's so interesting because throughout the whole time of creating the film, all of us continued that feeling of connection and that feeling of uh, magic still kept continue and grow. And um, we still feel that same way today. We still are really close, the entire crew and cast. So um, there is definitely something magical about the whole experience. 
Wow, that's amazing. Now, we had mentioned a little bit about the Filipino culture and that, those aspects of the movie. One of the things, you had mentioned the restaurant, the family restaurant. Now, I have to ask you, because watching the movie, there's so much good, you know, amazing looking food. So how much of the food did you actually get to eat while filming at that restaurant? So everything just looked amazing. You know, that is the one of the best parts of shooting a Filipino-American film. That was crafty for us. We literally ate, well, I, you know, I don't eat meat anymore, but we we ate the lichon, we ate the bansit. Mallory's mom actually owned that restaurant at the time. Okay. And so that's what we ate. She was making the food as we were shooting. And so after, after Mallory would say cut, we would go and we'd eat the food. It was fresh. Yeah. And so um, we were kind of spoiled that way it felt like a filipino party every day <laughs> shooting the film oh that's amazing now i also have to ask you about working with your castmates especially emmy colgado and paolo montalban i imagine it was a lot of fun on set especially with those two in particular it was such an honor I, I have to admit, at first I was super intimidated. This was the first film that I was playing the lead in. And obviously I knew I knew both Emmy and Paolo from the work they've done. They're such right. OGs in, in the acting world, especially being Filipino. And I was just admired them so much as artists. So when I when I got to, you know, work alongside them, I was like, I had I felt so much pressure. But uh, they were actually so as an actor. Sometimes you get casted with people who are very, you know, kind of introspective, which is so great, but also um, it's, you have to kind of independently work on your own. And for them, they were so giving. They were receptive to what I was choosing and um, they were, we, outside of, oh, I'm sorry, outside of um, shooting, uh, Emmy and I would be in our hotel room, like rehearsing our scenes. Oh, wow. And we met from the film itself and, our relationship just grew, like kept growing and growing, like I said, and um, and Paolo too. So we're all very close even to, to this day. And so, I mean, that was one of the best things about the film is that I, I built so many great, great friendships that I think are gonna last forever, so. Wow, that's amazing. So the, not just on set, but just in everyday life as well. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it, it's been such a, it's been such an honor. Oh, that's great. Now, this was your first feature film, and it was also Mallory's first feature film as a director, as a producer, as a writer. So what was the biggest thing you learned from making this movie? I learned that making a movie has so many moving parts and it's not it's it's a team effort. Really, I think even Mallory, when we talk about it, she had such a, cause she was such a, you know, a bulldozer. She was the one that wrote, directed, produced it. She worked on it for years to like raise the funds to create her vision. And even she felt like toward the end that it's a synergistic concept. It, you know, it takes a bunch of people to create its own entity essentially, right? right. So um, when being a, the lead of the film, I, I felt a lot of pressure, like I said, in the beginning. And and so um, I realized throughout the process though, that it, it's a team effort that at the end of the day, I'm just one part of the whole big picture. And this big picture is gonna create its, its own masterpiece. And to go with the flow is half the journey. So it's the balance of learning to do your part, learning to do your best, but also let let the magic kind of take its course and see what, what comes out of it. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you. Now, is there anyone that you drew inspiration from to help bring Christine to life? Honestly, I did a lot of substitution. 
as an actor. So there's so many similarities that Christine and I have, but there's also huge differences. I'm a, I come from uh, being the youngest in my family and I, um, I'm a very emotionally, I'm an actor, so I'm very sensitive, <laughs> I'm very open and I'm yeah. very, you know, I'm able to easily express my feelings. With Christine, she's very guarded. She's an only child. She feels obligated to, to raise her family in a place of stability. And so um, there's some similarities I can feel from that, but I, I, I needed to learn how to build that wall because for her, her grieving process is so different from me. You know, if I'm if I'm going through some sort of grief, I reach out. I t- you know I I cry. I tell people how I feel. That's my instinctive response to grief. Whereas she harbors and she holds it in. And so I drew a lot of inspiration from actually my oldest sister, whose name is Christine. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, well, because she also too. You know, there's that that power of being the oldest but also being like guarded and feeling like I need I, I'm obligated to show face and I'm obligated to be strong throughout this process and so I, I used a lot of my relatives because I know them I, I know them so clearly and as an actor that's so much so helpful to be able to substitute in that way and so I was able to draw inspiration from people I knew personally to, to even like understand their nuances their thought processes to see how they would respond to these given circumstances right no thank you for explaining that that's great now haven who inspires you that's not a filmmaker Ooh, who inspires me honestly it's 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 my my parents Mm. and it's the people that the the like little kids that would that'll like respond even on my social media you know who (laughs) you know i come from i think for a lot of philippine asian americans in general we weren't very represented here in the united states and so i feel like uh kind of like part of this movement of having to open those doors break down those barriers and so i i do it more so for the girls who are like me who had these dreams and goals and didn't really have anyone to really aspire to there's very like i can count them in one one hand right Right, right all the women who who had built successful careers in this kind of industry and so i always draw inspiration when things get tough i find my purpose of well i'm here to inspire i'm here to show other people that you can do what you want to do and you can also um achieve what you've always wanted to dream of so or you've always dreamt of so no absolutely yeah it's it's got to be a interesting feeling knowing like you just mentioned that you're becoming part of that representation that's going to lead you know to the young girls will watch the movie and say hey that's something i can do so is that something you were mindful of while making the movie or where does that into your headspace Oh, definitely. I think in everything that I do, it's my biggest. I always tell people who try to, who want to do this. I always say like, have a strong why, you know, that's the big, like, why, why do you do this? And my purpose of it all is to inspire and also to help motivate the people who feel like, oh man, but I've never seen myself in this kind of dynamic or in this film or, you know, how, how do I know I could even do it? And there's, there's power in representation. There truly is power. And so when they see people who might, you know, rep, resemble them, it feels a lot more possible. And I, I always like revisit like who, you know, I, I grew up watching a lot of like fighting films, like Jackie Chan, uh. Jet Li, you know? <laughs> right. and, and I think a huge part of that was like, I wanted to feel like a superhero, but <laughs> there were just very few, like those were like the handful of people that I could draw from. Lucy Liu, you know what I mean? Like, right, right. 
and she was also a you know fighter but there was nothing really outside of that kind of dynamic there wasn't a girl who who had parents and who wanted to sing you know like there wasn't any of that kind of story that looked you know that i could draw from so that's what i hope i can bring to the future generations no absolutely thank you now going back to the movie and being on set and we mentioned some of the cultural representations i know karaoke is a big part of the culture and that was very well represented in the movie so can you talk about that a little bit of you know karaoke being in the movie and then also just some of the stuff like when you go to the the house after you travel back home you know just all of there's a lot so many little details can you expand on some of those things yeah i think that is i think that's part of mallory's genius i think that she wanted to show things that are unorthodox right like being able to go to a bar with your mom right your your immigrant mom that's not normal for (laughs) american for asian american for a lot of people in general and but then she incorporated something super universal which is karaoke especially in our culture and I think what it does is that it like it kind of helps you travel and see like, oh, wow, this is just her life. This is what she does. This is what they do. They go to karaoke. They have to do the seventh prayer during, you know, this is just her normal. And so you see that. So it's not just about the culture, but it's um, you're also traveling along the experiences of Christine as in her own reality. Right. So it, it was so fun, though, because it felt so relatable again like it's it's super relatable for emmy and for me and to be able to go okay come on let's go sing let's go you know we have our, our number like two five five one like put it you know disc jockey <laughs> you know play play the song you know oh, like wow. classic so it's just it's just part of our um culture to to do that and so i, I love that she was able to incorporate that no, that's great. Yeah, now, speaking of singing, you have a strong presence on social media. You mentioned like TikTok and YouTube, where you do a lot of singing. And I have to say, your voice is just amazing. So uh, when I watch your videos and watching the movie, I'm just like blown away by what you're able to do. Uh, do you have that childhood moment where you decided that singing and performing was something that you wanted to do and even could do as a career? Oh, definitely. Well, I come from a family of singers. My parents were professional singers. That's how they met. My dad had a DJ business. My sisters and I were a pop group since I was like five. We were signed by, (laughs) we were shopped by major labels. Like it was, that was, that was my, my lifestyle, like my childhood, Mm -hmm. you know, my, my upbringing. And I loved, I watched Selena almost every day. Oh my my gosh. Love that movie. Amazing movie. She was my closest um, inspiration, right? Really? Okay. Yeah, she grew up in a Mexican-American household yeah. and her family and her sang and her, her dad was really strict about performance. That's so, that resembled so much of my upbringing that I wanted to be like her. And wow. she she was a catalyst for Mexican-Americans in the um, in the United States, like yeah. bringing, um, you know, her Tejano music and all of that in the forefront, but also crossing over. And I was just like, wow, like there's no one like that for us in, in my culture that but I love what she did. Like she, I, I sang all, all these sp- Spanish songs growing up and <laughs> I didn't know what I was saying, but I was like, I'm, I wanna be like Selena, you know? And so so she has been always my like huge inspiration. And um, so when I watched that movie almost every day, I was like, I, I, wanna, I wanna do that. You know, that was like my, my biggest dream. So 
Um, but yeah, so singing was just part of part of what we did. And then acting actually came later. That was when my sisters and I decided that we didn't want to be a singing group anymore. I started taking acting classes and then I was like, no, 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 this, this is what I want to do. And then <laughs> the fact that it was able to like kind of merge in this film, it was such an honor. I, I'm just so happy. Wow, that's really cool. So just having that integration is just a natural progression for you. So, so you could say that you're just naturally born to sing and no matter what you're doing, right? I, I, I guess, I mean, <laughs> I, I love it. I've done, I've been doing it for so long and it, it was like just something we always did, you know, like my family, like I said, my family, they're all singers. So, I mean, we'd be in the car singing. We'd, I mean, even, even on my TikTok, I try to catch <laughs> my mom singing. Yeah, exactly. So things like that, like, it's just a part of what we did. So, and, and then, um, yeah, acting came as like the career choice I wanted to make for myself on my own without right. my family, you know, yeah, exactly. So, Mm -hmm. oh, so Haven, with that in mind, would it be possible to get a bit of a song from you today during this interview? Sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> not to put you on the spot, but you know, if, if you don't mind, you know, if you have a song in mind, I don't know if it'd be something from the movie to keep it relevant, or just, you know, a go-to song that you have, you know, I'll just uh, give you the stage for a moment. Yeah, yeah, I'll do a go-to. I'll, okay. I'll, everyone has to watch the film to, to hear the right, right. on that one, but I'll do a short little, little go-to. Um, okay. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. His eyes are a sparrow. And I know he's watching over me. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he's watching over me. That was amazing. Haven, thank you so much for that. We could have ended right there and everyone would be more than happy. But I do have a couple more questions. No, but thank you so much for doing that. I, I really Yeah, no problem, Mark. No, thank you. Absolutely. Now, going back to the movie and the Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival, The Girl Who Left Home actually had its world premiere at the same film festival almost exactly a year ago. And now it's back, this time for an in-person screening. So Haven, tell me what the film festival experience has been like over the past year with virtual screenings and then transitioning to the theatrical premiere that you had in DC and then now this festival. It's been so unique. So I used to go to a lot of film festivals as just a viewer and I was like, oh my gosh, like after doing the film and realizing that we're going to be going through the circuit as, you know, as an actor, I was like, this is so exciting. Oh my gosh. Like I get to watch a film that I was in and I was a part of. And then, you know, the pandemic hit and I was like, right. okay, how are they going to re-navigate everything? Yeah. And I think that although it ha wasn't like the normal experience that the expectations that we all had at first, um, it was still... Um, I just admired everybody who continued to try to push the 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 
movie industry forward, push independent films forward. And we were trying to make the best of the circumstances. And so for me, I was like, you know what? I'm going to make the best of it. Like, why not? And so it was nice to be able to be in my PJs while I'm doing an interview. And it it was nice to be able to be snacking outside of, you know, and so there was benefits of that. And then like also being just in the comfort of my home. But um, and I think that it was a lot more expensive because when you're when you're doing something that's in person, there's only a few people that can watch it. But in the other festivals, there were people that were watching it in their the comfort of their home in other states. And so it, it was able to grow. And I think a way that I normally I feel like it wouldn't have been able to sure. um, in kind of like the normal setting. But so there, there were pros and cons, of course, of the like of adjusting to the circumstances. Um, but uh, overall, it was great. I do have to say when we did have the D.C., um, in-person experience, <laughs> I think all of us were just like, wow. wow. Like, it felt so good to be able to experience that moment together. And that was like, kind of not planned. Like all of us, like we we knew about that we we got the DC, um, like we, we, we made it in that film festival and kind of all of us showed up. Like, it, of course, like Mallory's, you know, like she was like, if you guys can come, feel free to like come. They're going to do a Q&A. They would love for you to be there. And all of us came in, all of us showed up and uh, all of us got to experience that, you know, dynamic that we 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 didn't have in the beginning. So and now having that uh, for the film festival here in L.A., this October 1st, uh, I think it's just, it's just awesome. I think that the fact that they're doing an encore for us says volumes, right? Like how, how amazing and how grateful we are to, to have that opportunity um, to, to try a second time to be able to be seen in, in theaters. So um, it's just been such an interesting journey. And I'm, I think I'm just like enjoying again, like the ride and seeing how <laughs> the magic itself creates its in how everything happens in fruition. No, absolutely. And that's one of the things that I've noticed about film festivals in general is overall there's there's the people in charge of film festivals have done a great job of adapting, you know, from the mm-hmm. time that the pandemic started when everything just shut down to then figuring out what what can we do? What's possible? That's what I kept seeing over the course of, you know, this what almost 2 years now we're coming up on amazingly and to see yeah. to see now a, a film festival like this one you just mentioned bring you back knowing Mm -hmm. that that experience is important that to me is like thank you you know i appreciate them doing that i'm sure you appreciate them doing that just the thought that's put into the you know these different festivals has just been amazing so is it like do you have more uh, festival screenings coming up or do you know what's next for the movie i don't honestly i kind of like the surprise of it all but (laughs) it's really the people the producers like i i commend them for their hard work and for them pushing moving the the film forward because it's a lot of work and i mean mallory is a part of that huge um push so uh i kind of just wait and hear what what happens and i'm here to support it because i believe in it so much but um i'm excited i'm excited to see where what's next for it oh that's great thank you now what would you say to somebody who was in your position like you had talked about when you first read the script and you auditioned what would you say to somebody who's in that spot right now i would say that Oh, that's, I feel like that's kind of heavy loaded because I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to get emotional. But um, I would say to continue to follow what your, to continue to follow your vision, but also know that you're enough 
and know that opportunities will come. I think that that's necessary for any actor, you know, when you have like 100 million auditions, 100 million rejections, that the opportunities are going to come. The opportunities of yes will come and to continue to believe in yourself because that's all you really need, right? Everyone else can, you could just numb all the negative noise and just know that like your belief in yourself is enough. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you. I, I hope somebody in that position does get to, to hear those words because I think that's exactly what they should be be hearing right now. Thank you for that. Now, yeah. any, any final thoughts on the movie before we wrap things up? I just want to say thank you to everyone who's been supporting it. And I hope that outside of the Filipino-American culture, there's so many elements of the film that I think is universal. It's like the dynamic yeah. of the, the mom and the daughter, um, grief and um, acceptance and uh, pursuing your dreams amidst adversity. You know, all of those universal concepts are seen in, in this film as well. And I hope it resonates with um, with everyone. So I'm I'm really grateful for the people who believe in this film, who's moving this film forward. And um, I hope that a lot more people can see it soon. Uh, absolutely. I totally agree with that. I believe in the film. I want it. I want everybody to see it. So thank you for putting in, the, in those terms. Uh, Haven, thank you for speaking with me during the festival. Please enjoy the rest of your time and all the best to you in the future. Thank you so much, Mark. Thank you so much for having me. This has been my pleasure. Of course. Thank you for taking the time. This is Mark Morin and special guest Haven Everly talking about The Girl Who Left Home, an official selection of the 2021 Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival. If you want to learn even more about The Girl Who Left Home, you can listen to my interview with director Mallory Ortega on the podcast. For those watching right now on YouTube, please like the video, subscribe to the page, leave a comment and share on social media. If you're listening to the podcast, Please subscribe, share, and you can also leave a review if you're listening on iTunes. Any way you can support the podcast is very much appreciated. You can find every podcast episode and all of my movie reviews, including my review of The Girl Who Left Home on 206.com. This is The 206 Podcast. Thank you for your time. Be safe and take care. See you next time.